0: Hi, guys, from Guadalajara in Mexico, where there's something I found very interesting. There's lots of Asian places to eat everywhere. There's lots of East Asian Mexicans. Crazy. It never even entered my head that there would be, like, an, you know, a Japanese Mexican or a Chinese Mexican or a Korean Mexican or a Filipino Mexican. But there's tons of the wee bastards. Anyway, that's the interesting thing about Guadalajara. Have I got a show for you? Yes, I do have a show for you. In fact, it's two shows. It's my two appearances from the Sailita Super Spreader event in Mexico. How long have I been in Mexico? Over a month. Time sure flies when you're having fun. So, the first is me on Liberty Lockdown with Clint Russell. And then we're going to go straight into another fun appearance, which was me with the great Mark Claire. Since then, I spent several weeks in Puerto Vallarta. I liked it. I was going to go to Colombia, but um, screwy things happened to change my plans. So, I'm still in Mexico. And I'm going to be at the great event in Morelia, Mexico called The Greater Reset. I didn't hustle to get a place on the bill because I didn't know I was going to be there. I thought it would be in Colombia. but I'm kind of pleased that my travel plans got screwed because I felt like I was going to be missing out on it. Well, I'm not going to be missing out on it. By the way, this is episode 200 of the Scottish Liberty podcast. One of the reasons why... I've not posted in a while, well, apart from being busy, is I was trying to get either a Kajunga guest for this show or do like a round table, but I didn't really have the time or energy to sort that out. However, stay tuned, keep on looking at your feed because I am going to try to arrange something fun like I don't go on YouTube and look at the episode where we cut my hair live you know I used to have long hair and then we cut it go check out the video of that because that was one of the most fun episodes we ever did and and it's because we had like a bunch of guests on all at once It, it was really fun so I'm thinking of doing something like that again I feel like doing something like that because you know it's coming up to my birthday I've been traveling for like 40 like 16 months or something like that And it's a little bit um, bittersweet because I miss the folks at home. So there's a call to the bigger community thing going on in my heart. So I'm going to be thinking about that. Anyway, enjoy episode 200 of the Scottish Liberty Podcast. I'm going to throw
1: on the special live episode I did in Sayalita. Sayalita, Mexico. It was an amazing event. It's called Sayalita Super Spreader. Uh, Had a bunch of the Liberty Podcast guys there, and I was fortunate enough to have as my guest, the great Antony Samaroff. Enjoy. Welcome, everybody, to a live edition of Liberty Lockdown. This is also my first time recording live, so this is going to be awkward. I do talk to more people uh, than are in this room, but to see your faces is like having the chat room live, and I don't know if I like it, so... Go ahead and shout racial slurs if I say anything inappropriate, just to make me feel as if I'm still on YouTube. That'd be great. Uh, Today we have the the legend, the man who has argued both for and against UBI, preferably completely against. I'll talk to him about that. Anthony Samuroff of the Scottish Liberty Podcast. Where is he? Oh, there he comes. (laughs) Quite the showman. I'm ready to go. All
0: right, I'm ready to go. Well, yeah, let's do it, Sayulita. Yeah. Hey, how
1: you doing? I'm good, man. Welcome aboard.
0: Thank you. I didn't know we were on a ship. <laughs> <laughs> Where are we sailing to? Stop with the dead jokes. The All ship right. is st- I can't. I can't. <laughs> I can't help it. Give me. Give me a
1: five-minute. late to the audience. Give me a five-minute convincing argument that I should consider UBI as anything other than a terrible socialist idea.
0: Well. The most convincing arguments in favor of it are you, it could reduce the bureaucracy of the existing system that's got a whole bunch of different benefits and things like that, if we just like consolidated them all and people just got a check in the mail and then you could fire a bunch of public sector workers, which is always great, um, if that could actually ever happen, ever, but I don't think they could actually muster the political world will they're, they're all unionized and stuff to fire anyone. So they probably just find them some other useless jobs. Yeah, I said there's two things, but... It's okay. I, I
1: don't want you to make a good argument for you UBI, so this well, is perfect.
0: They're, they're kind of, there's a bunch of superficially plausible stuff about, oh, you know, if people are less stressed, then they can just follow their dreams and uh, that kind of thing. It sounds like arguments for socialism, does it not? It it, it, (laughs) is. The the thing is, the other idea is that the current system creates a bunch of welfare cliffs and poverty traps where if someone earns more money, takes on more hours at work, their actual take-home pay is less because they lose their benefits. So people will deliberately stay underemployed rather than take on more work. And the other more convincing or least unconvincing of the arguments in favor of the UBI is that it would do away with welfare cliffs. If you're guaranteed this payment no matter what, that means whenever you take on more hours, you're always earning more money when you decide to contribute more labor to society. So I'd say those are the two best arguments in favor of UBI, and you can judge whether there's any merit. To them. I think the latter
1: one is the one that I find most convincing, um, especially with the advent of, of AI and the fact that it's highly probable we will have more free time moving forward if we have technological innovation that makes um, access to goods commonplace. Is that is that your belief system? Are you an AI true believer that we're going to have?
0: Well, I think what you're going to have is a lot of jobs created where humans work with AI because there's this idea that they have that people have that and that eventually introducing any human element is always going to be create error with AI because but there's that's not an evidence so far because yeah an AI chess computer can some can beat humans but the best is a combination of a human working with an AI and a chess. and and they've they've so far been unable to surpass a human working with a with an AI like get an AI that's better than just a human with an AI. There's this idea that with the introduction of AI, you're going to have to be very skillful, and some people are just too dumb to get that skillful. But usually what we do is we create machines to to allow people who are not very skillful or intelligent or talented do things that you used to need talented people to do. So if you look at something like the production line, like make a car from scratch, right? You need to be really talented to do that, but you don't need to be talented to play a part in a production line. Right. So I think similarly, it's an overrated it's an overrated argument. Oh, well, I mean, if every, all the jobs are gonna be highly technical once they introduce AI, that might not be the case at all. It might be that working with an AI allows people to do tons of stuff that they couldn't do on their own. Um, so it could create, I don't know how many, I mean, I, the, the, the thing is it's it's inconceivable the kind of work that people could do in the future because no one knew that there would be such a job as a microchip manufacturer. How, how would you even know that that would exist? Of course, yeah. You know, there's we created jobs that no one could forecast and we're probably going to do that again. Like, whether we're going to get a lot more Leisure time i'd like to think that is true we' st- the work week has shortened a little bit over the last two decades, you know an hour or two mm-hmm. on average, but a lot of it's been stopped by <coughs> status policies that increase the price of accommodation increase increase the prices of goods and services inflation um, well I mean. I, I'm not, I don't just mean inflation, because that strongly implies that it's caused by printh- by increasing the money supply, which it, it has, but it's not only been caused by that. There's all sorts of um, regulations and bureaucratic things and, um, you know, banning imports from poor countries, True, um, yeah. <coughs> restrictions on markets, basically, that artificially increase the price of everything. I talk about that quite a bit in the book as well how government actually makes it more expensive to just live and um, also i mean people have people like a lot more stuff now than they used to one one thing you hear is that oh living standards of wages have stagnated and it's true that wages have stagnated compared to what they would be on a free market like if it was a free market people would have much higher wages but it's not those fact those statements are pretty misleading because people get way more benefits along with work that are not included in their paycheck now than they did in the 50s 60s 70s 80s 90s and that makes part of their wages and um obviously i mean if you just look like a before this COVID bullshit and the increase in prices in the store, if if you look, if you came compared a basket of goods, I mean, you know, a couple of hundred, the equivalent of a couple of hundred dollars, you're going to get stuff that you couldn't even get before, like a laptop computer and things like that. True, sure. um, but people's houses are way way bigger on average now than they were in the '50s and '60s. So it really do it depends. I'd it depends on people's tastes. It depends if we're actually allowed to just have a normal freaking life. Where uh, the, the length of the work week should go down if the market's allowed to function, but no one's really a, ever let it do that so far. Hmm. Do you, um,
1: during sexual intercourse, do you yell out quotes from Braveheart?
0: It's... <laughs> if, if it's not yes, like, what's he doing? It's mostly Mises, actually. Uh- <laughs> Like, see after, see see after, um, sex. When a girl says to me, "Was it as good for you as it was for me?" I say, "I'm sorry, I'm an Austrian. I don't do interpersonal comparisons of utility." I think I understand why you're not married. <laughs>
1: what? Because I crush. Because
0: I'm not married. Because I crush. Right? Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah. <laughs>
1: At the end of this, I'm going to need you to uh, shout some Mel Gibson stuff. Anyways, uh, so people may not know about you that you also do therapy on oh, the side.
0: That, that, oh, that, that, I think you were going to say that you're Scottish. People might not know that you're from Scotland.
1: Yeah, no, I think they know that. Uh, so yeah. we're, we're actually practicing a form of self care right now. Oh, right, opinion, that's true. Because we've all traveled. Some of to, us more
0: than others.
1: Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, to be amongst our Keep people. Keep your hands
0: where I can see them, people. <laughs> <laughs> that's too much self care. <laughs> i want you to care about yourself but not that much
1: <laughs> just save it for later um so i would like to get some ideas because I've, I've i'm sure i'm not alone in this i've struggled mightily over the past two years with lockdowns uh, that's because no one
0: likes you <laughs> oh, that's mean.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's a fair point but that aside um i've also struggled with being locked in my fucking house for a that year in so san diego good. And then uh, having to uproot my life to go and find freedom in an unfree world. Uh, and good job. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I guess I'm still working on it. But um, I think that with mental health, it's always a battle, and you're always trying to to struggle to find a way to to be at peace with yourself, your existence. That's something libertarians don't talk about very often. We don't have much of a spiritual side. At least we don't talk about it because we get. I think we distract ourselves with more of the economic meanderings and things like that trying to uh, not focus on that internal strife that all that is part of human existence so anyways uh, I I have definitely had a hard time over the past two years I've also had probably the best time in Mm. my life over the past two years so I think that with tumult comes the opportunity for tremendous personal growth and Mm. and finding a community like this all of you guys in this room have you know I don't want to be too religious or sentimental, but it's kind of saved me in a way. So uh, I'm yeah, curious totally. if, if you feel the same way, if you have any other tips for people as a therapist, other than to go see a therapist, uh, what do you think?
0: Thanks. Uh, tell people how not to commit suicide. <laughs> I think it's important advice. <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, this has been... I feel like, you know, in the Lord of the Rings, like Bill Baggins doesn't fucking want to leave the Shire. He's just like, it's nice and comfortable here. And, uh, but he gets the call to adventure. And like, I feel like those of us who've decided to like not stay where we weren't free. it's like, the co- I, I, I've, I feel so lucky because I wouldn't have actually got the opportunity to go all over the States, meet you amazing people, meet all the amazing people that I've met. Uh, Mexico, Costa Rica, mm. Turkey, uh, I've, I've even Austria, but I don't really want to mention that <laughs> place because they're really like fucking mandatory vaccines now and stuff like mm. that. Um, like, so it's been amazing in the sense that I left the Scotland and it locked down and I was like, well, you know, I was only meant to be away for eight weeks, but I was like, fuck it, I'm not going back to stare at four walls all winter in the cold. And by the time it opened up again, I'd found stuff to do. I was being invited to speak at events and things like that. I was like, "This is pretty cool." I'm still out 14 months later, and like Incredible. you said, yeah, I've been. We found freedom in an unfree world. I think that's anyone who's got the balls to do it. If you can do it, if your your job's in anywhere way mobile, like go, be, live your principles because I. Things just seem to fall into place in a way that um, is unexplainable. Sometimes I'm like, I don't actually, I've not actually not known what I'm gonna be doing next week, but things have worked out so well that I'm actually able to say to myself, don't swear it, don't swear it, just let it ride. And then a couple of days before my time's up, I'm like, something happens. I'm like, oh yeah, now now I know what I'm doing. It just becomes completely obvious. If I don't have enough information yet, I go, well, how long before I need to make a decision? Oh, look, I don't need to make a decision for four weeks. Great. I don't need to think about it. So uh, I would say the most important advice for anyone to stay sane or to be happy is you have to have a sense of purpose in life to feel like you're moving towards something that's compelling to you and worthwhile. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't need to be major. It can be something small. It could be lots of small things, or you can have like a big thing that you're working towards that everything falls into the umbrella on. For me, it's really flexible. Like I love writing and I write when I can, but I'm prioritizing these things because I can only do these things when they appear. So that has to go on the ship. If I end up home at any point, then is gonna become the most important thing again. Um, so I think having a sense of purpose, and if you don't have something, then you need to try a few things and find out what you like, because you can't figure it out. Your mind is just a storage res- repository for all of the things you've ever experienced in your life. It doesn't know anything at all when it comes to things you haven't done. So you don't know if you like it or not. Um, i I know a like a, a coach he 's amazing um and he he said like he he ha- he 'd have these clients like I always know what I need to do i don 't sometimes I have trouble doing it, but I always know what I should be prioritizing, but some people don 't know what they want to do with their life, so that 's the first thing. He said he had this client that just always thought, oh yeah, people are meant to know what their purpose is or something like that. And he was like, look, just choose a few things and try them out. And so he's like, okay. He decided he'd try some flying lessons. He'd learn to cook and he'd do one other thing. And he was like, yeah, it's like 15 years later and he's a professional cook and he flies planes. And he he, he, he just chose three random things and he happened to love them. You might not. Try something else. You need to get past the phase of sucking at something. So you need to give it about like 20, 30 hours at least because you learn the most you'll ever learn of a skill in the first 20 hours. So you need to get past the I suck stage to find out if you like it or not. So, and then if you don't, ha- you can find someone else who's doing something re- that you think really awesome and decide, well, they're not, they're an underrated voice, like, what they're doing is good, maybe I can help them, you know, whatever it is, get video transcriptions of their podcasts and make them into articles for them or something. Looks like
1: Anthony's looking for recruits. Oh,
0: yeah. <laughs> I, I, I need a whole army of slave labor. <laughs> That's why I'm hanging out in uh, what Trump can designated you imagine having to transcribe shithole countries. Him talking?
1: Like, oh, uh, yeah. impossible. I'd have to listen to it no, five times. Uh,
0: um, I, even the even the auto transcribers can't <laughs> decipher. It comes out like X Y X X, X Z Z F. <laughs> the, 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 also, people think I'm saying se- sex when I say sex, oh. and
1: Th- those are the same words. The
0: the, the w- <laughs> but then when I say and. The, uh, and then the the one I I've stopped saying the word, the other word for poverty. You know the the what's the word for poverty that people use in regular vernacular? Poor. poor. Yeah, no one understands what the fuck I'm saying when I say the word poor. <laughs> poor.
1: <laughs> I like it. Eat.
0: I understand. So get a sense of purpose. The rest is all stuff you know. Get exercise. Eat well. Yeah. Like get some friends. You freaks. <laughs> 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 Ask for someone's phone Get number. out of the house. Um, Don't stay at home.
1: Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I think that that was the one, the one yeah. upside that I didn't expect of lockdowns was um, I had been committed to my career path for 10 years straight. And as an entrepreneur, I was locked in. That's all I was really focused on. I still had a social life. I played volleyball and did other things. But having your primary income source uprooted and converted Whoa. against your will to a large extent, um, well, both... It frees you to pursue something completely new and creative oriented, uh, but also it lights a fire within you if you're at, at all like mm. me that you want to go and take over the world to fucking punish the people that did it to you. I don't know if that's just me, but.
0: <laughs> I've got a question. Okay. How come you've got a pop stopper and I've not?
1: I figured, I don't know. I don't know.
0: My voice pops a lot. See, so pop. <laughs>
1: don't do it, don't, don't do it on purpose. <laughs> All right. So um, I would like to get your analysis as a professional on the psychology of our rulers. Are they interesting? Are they uh, are they malicious? Are they sometimes, malignant? Yeah. What are they?
0: Sometimes you have to ask. You know, are they just like? Are they are they ignorant or the e- are they explicitly evil? It looks like sometimes it looks like it's pretty evil.
1: Yeah, I agree. So which is it?
0: It's like, a, it's like a sadomasochistic relationship that they have with the people where they are like the dom and they're a really abusive dom that doesn't respect safe words. <laughs> that's,
1: that's an apt metaphor. Like,
0: like I don't want to get vaccinated means I don't fucking want to get vaccinated. It doesn't mean you get to take away my stuff to railroad me until I finally do get vaccinated. Okay, I'm not taking up the ass. <laughs> That's that. I told you, hard limit, hard no. <laughs> well, I've
1: I've flip flip flop back and forth. Uh, Over taking up the. Yeah. yeah, I mean, everyone goes to college, Anthony. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, I've I've flip flopped as to whether or not they are ignorant. I think I mean, obviously, I think that there's It depends the, on the day, doesn't it? Indeed, and it depends on the politician you're talking about. Like, I anyone that focuses their ire towards the puppet known as Joe Biden, I think is making a terrible mistake. Mm. Uh, whereas, and even Anthony Fauci to a large extent, because while he knows what he's doing is wrong, I don't actually think that there's, he's not the one that's like making the decision to be the piece yeah. of shit that he is. Someone
0: chose him because he, they know, push he, the he can be relied upon to say and do the right things. So they manipulate the people they want into the positions that they want. Right. Because they'll say and do the thing. Whoever they is. Yeah, who Who is they? Who are they? I don't know. Anyone know? I used to be really into conspiracy theories, and then I got into economics, and it was like, well, actually, the world is pretty explainable by economic incentives. Like, this is exactly what I would expect to happen. But this, like, COVID stuff is, like, really ignited my inner david ike i like feel like uh, this is like uh, it, se- it seems like some kind of interdimensional satanic ritual <laughs> that's taking place that's been planned across, across eons
1: <laughs> so how how do we beat them No, with your therapist background how us back
0: to the ds stuff but they they're going to get a good flogging we're nice. going to beat them <laughs>
1: That, oh well, oh, they yeah. would enjoy that. But I'm saying, how do we actually defeat them? What do you think?
0: I, you know, if I knew, see, the, you know, this like post-libertarian thing that's been coming up. Like, I, f- I, feel like what they're trying to say is, oh no, there's a better libertarian strategy than the libertarian strategy, and you guys have been fucking ignoring it. And it's like, <laughs> guys, no, that's not what's happening. Like, you've got it wrong. Like, we have been trying all of the strategies all the time, forever. It's just we don't actually have a good strategy, period. Like, there aren't any. The thing is that people, like, we don't know how to change people's minds. We've yeah. got all these studies that show, you know, when you expose people to evidence, they become, more, they, they become more trenchant in their views. And what they have to do is, like, whatever those people, you know, young Americans for liberty, they do campus trainings... To teach people how to teach students how to engage on campus and try and talk people around to libertarian positions on campus, and the Republicans do it and the Democrats do it they just need, they just need to exchange, uh, they need to put all of the resources into that and run those trainings for everyone in the libertarian mo- movement so everyone knows the best approaches for changing people's minds first. but since we can't do that at the moment. I mean fucking write a letter to Eric Brakey or something telling him. Um like you need in my opinion, how we beat them is focus on your own life, make that as wonderful as possible because you don't want to feel impotent in life, like that you're powerless. And when you bash your head against a brick wall arguing with people on Facebook, you don't feel like you're doing anything. So you need to put Put your energy where you're effective. Find out what your skills are and start helping other people. Engage in the libertarian community. When you meet people, let them know what you do, what you're good at, what you're, what's helpful about you. Because they might know someone that you can help and vice versa. Build up your network, know who does what and link people together. And create a robust community. Because when people leave like republicanism or leftism, they're not just leaving a political ideology. It's going to put them at odds with their friends that think the same thing as they do. And we need to be like not those assholes on the internet, um, but like a really great community that people come in and say, I feel comfortable being a part of this. And that they want to be a part of. Meanwhile, you know, we're creating businesses, we're not poor, like people impoverished. People like libertarians should not be broke. Like, if you can, like <laughs> do 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 find something to make a decent like you don't need to be rich or anything, but like um and and have a wonderful life with great connection, and be making a contribution to the wo- well-being of other people. Because whenever you do that, you feel like you're powerful. You feel like you're influential. You can do something. If you don't have any skills, go and fucking volunteer on a commune for three months. They'll let you do that for free, and you'll like learn to build shit or just make yourself useful. That's 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 the only way. Because. Because what I'm seeing, basically what they've done is they've made everyone completely crap by wasting 13 years of their life in mandatory education where they don't even learn to change a fucking light bulb. Some people literally, if the light goes out in their apartment, they're scared to change the light bulb because they're scared they'll do it wrong because they got red crosses all over their work at school whenever they made a mistake. So everyone should become competent and then they can't exploit you. The last thing they want is you to be like oh well do you know what if i lose my job i'll just find another job it's easy because we've got tons of skills because then you don't need the government so they've made everyone incompetent because incompetent people are dependent on the state
1: well perfect example is with these vaccine passports uh, and how they're implementing it through the employment structure where people are so concerned and so they have so little faith in themselves in my opinion um, that they can go and get a different Career path, or a different job, or become an entrepreneur, or find some way to not be coerced into taking right. a shot that perhaps they don't want, or declaring that they got a shot that they did want. Either way, you know it, it has forced a lot of people that share our principles to cave in that area of their life, and it's it's devastating to witness. I know many people that have done so, and I understand. I mean, if you've been committed to a corporate path for ten years plus, and and you're finally receiving the type of compensation you believe you've worked so hard to earn, um, you know. I just try and imbue in them a faith in themselves, like mm. the fact that you did that, that you committed yourself to 10 years and you finally got to that, that plateau or that bar that you, you strived for. Have faith that you can tell your boss to shove it up his ass if he tells mm. you that you have to put something in your body to continue to work there. Same thing with Harvey Weinstein, you know? You yeah. can get the movie role on your own. Yeah. What do you
0: think? That's great. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I really well, fired him up. Well said.
0: <laughs> That's it? That's
1: all you got? All right. Um, <clears throat> so I've been uh, obsessing lately. I had James Lindsay on my show uh, last Sunday to discuss the Great Reset as a whole. I think that it's kind of come from the the fringe conspiracy realm into mainstream libertarian conversation recently. Um, I'm curious if you are <clears throat> a scholar of this work of this research to figure out the the actual orchestration of, of the plans that we're experiencing? No, it's
0: like, uh, I, I was like, someone else has got that. <laughs> I'm like an economics geek and I like psychology stuff. So it's like, it's like, you know, a critical, like... Race theory and stuff like that. Ah, Michael Reckon has got that. He's, like, he, he's talking about wokeness. He can do that. <laughs> like everyone's yeah. got their niche. It's, it's specialization. Maybe maybe you can maybe you can educate me but But, but like, but what I want to know is if it's this nefarious agenda, why are they admitting to it all openly? Well,
1: that's. I mean, there's also theories that go along with why they they do that. But I, I don't actually buy into that. Um, so,
0: well, can, I we think, hear, I think, can we hear the short version of why they do it?
1: Well, the conspiracy theory is that they they have some sort of a cult signaling thing where they, they feel as if they are morally justified as long as they give us warning. I don't know oh, if that's true. Okay. Okay. I think that's bullshit personally. So I don't even want to talk about that. But um, I do think that, that the reason that they talk about it openly is because it is not... We're not dealing with you know men in smoke-filled rooms as much as people think in that these people are trying to implement really grand plans and they have to do it above board so that people can be... Um, Aware of the ideas. I mean, this is why they frame it as uh, the the Green New Deal. You know, they right. they they have to frame it in a way that's politically palatable, or or um, you can get a popular will behind it. So I think that they have to be a little bit above board because it's it's. I mean, if you're trying to take over the world, you're not gonna do it entirely in secret. I mean, you're go- it's going to be incumbent upon you to recruit a lot of people to help you in that cause, and I don't think they have it. I don't think they have enough people, so they can't do it all in secret. that That's my thesis, at least. Hmm. What do you think? Yeah? Uh, so, someone likes so it. You've got a fan,
0: you've got a fan. <laughs> well, maybe a lot of people would think, yeah, we do, you know, yeah, we do need a reset, yeah. Push the reset button. This is kind of shit. It's a wash. Let's start, rip it up and start again.
1: I've made that that point before. I mean, libertarians in particular have have wanted to reset a lot. They've got
0: some good ideas. I mean, look, I mean, this uh, depopulation thing, I mean, like, as long as I'm the one that gets to choose who gets depopulated.
1: That's a little scary. I definitely, (laughs) I don't want you in charge of that. Um, Yeah, Yeah, I mean,
0: you you know what George Bernard Shaw said, he's like, you must all know some people who are just like, they're just like not much use to themselves or anyone else, you know.
1: You're a terrible (laughs) therapist.
0: (laughs) (laughs) How did you know know I was talking about my clients? (laughs) Um,
1: Yeah, I mean, I I do believe, though, that there is a Malthusian um, Mm. vein that runs through the elite and and they and I believe that they're sincere when they say that the the population can't be sustained by the resources that exist on the mm. planet, and and that we have to get down to a billion people. And we're at seven plus now. And it's like, well, if, but they, you, if you talk openly about that, I'm going to start to think you're they, you're talking about murdering me at are, some point.
0: But but here's the thing: they they implemented a bunch of policies that created population explosions True. in Africa, South America and East Asia. So if they didn't want a massive population, why did they implement those policies in the first place? It doesn't make any fucking sense. It's easy to get it's easy to get the population down. It happens everywhere where there's an afflu- where there's affluence. If you look at the policy where it's doing well in Africa, like Ghana, Ethiopia used to have famines, now they're doing well, Botswana, like countries like that, the more free market countries are doing well right they're going to stop having tons of babies because that's what happens everywhere where you so it's very easy to reduce the population you just like implement free markets and let people get rich right and then they stop having tons of babies that's why we've got like a declining you know population in western countries
1: i find that fascinating because you you're right but also normally these malthusian thought. Leaders come from the countries where there is financial well-being. Yeah, uh, why, it's weird. Yeah, why is that?
0: <laughs> yeah, so it's like, look, um, that basically you need. They should be. They should have been. Uh, they should have been doing everything they could to impress on Africa the importance of secure property rights, and free markets. Because once you get to a certain standard of living, a few thousand dollars a year, people start to care about the environment, and that's when you start getting proper environmental policies put in place. They t- start taking care of their water better, they clean it better, they get proper sewer systems, so there's not all the environmental damage. They stop burning wood, and you have like much, much better environmental policies in place once countries get over that hump. Then, so, and then the, the population number levels off, starts to level off. So it's like everything that they're saying, just like th- one of my favorite stories from history. Um, I used to have a friend that always remembered all these cool stories. Is there's this story that uh, Julius Caesar was doing these invasions in Africa, and what he'd do is he'd go to an area and find one village and kill everyone in the village and pile them up pile of bodies up and then he'd go around the neighboring villages and get all the chiefs and say come here and see this and he'd show them the pile of dead bodies and they'd be like okay whatever you want just take over do what you want just don't do that to us now he was succeeded by augustus caesar who said to have originated the turn of phrase let's make peace our war and augustus caesar learned and he had a different idea he went to africa and he'd find a village He'd build an aqueduct and put in plumbing. And then he'd go around the neighboring villages and bring all the chiefs. Thanks, I'm just getting to the zenith of my story. (laughs) If it's for me, tell them I'm out. Continue. It's it's not for me. So, same same basic idea. He built the aqueduct and put in sewers and, like took the 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 chiefs of the neighboring village to come and see them and they're like all right great yeah take over do whatever you want same result but completely different approach Mm. so it's like how do you approach problems intelligently like with compassion and uh, not with like a a sledgehammer Mm.
1: well that kind of leads perfectly into my final question for you uh i I mean, this is an example of both fighting and fleeing, what we're doing right now. Right. Um, and obviously in therapy, anxiety, a response to anxiety is oftentimes fight or flight. Uh, I'm curious if combining your two passions, both libertarian ideology as well as therapy help, uh, when, when should we do them? Is there a, is there a dividing line well, where, where fight makes sense versus flight?
0: I think Don't, don't fed post. I'm... <laughs> I'm like, well, I'm an individualist, so I don't really get this idea of, oh, it's really terrible when, like, doctors from Africa come to Western countries, and, like, that's their choice. Like, if, if you've got... you, What is the point in being, like, say, a really skillful builder if you go somewhere where there's no frickin' materials? Like, you should go wherever you're the most useful to other people, provided that that's fulfilling to you. Like... Obviously, you wouldn't sacrifice your own happiness to do something where you were the most useful, but usually they go together so if 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 you need to go maybe some places just need to get bad because everyone good leaves there and leaves all the kind of people who are compliant until they learn that it's not in their interests because I just think everyone's got a responsibility to themselves first to live, like, a fully-fledged life. Because you only get one of those. And, like, you've got to make the best of your own life. And that and doing that tends to mean going where you're useful, going where you can actually make, um, make a difference. So you're wasted. Like, I was wasted in Scotland because I didn't get to come to all of these cool libertarian events. Whereas I actually feel like I'm more useful. Mm-hmm. So... I think that is... Go be know, with your people. Go be with your people and go make a contribution, m- make a contribution, the best co- po- contribution you possibly can. And you can't be faulted by that. That's what the West should have done. Instead of fighting a war on terror, we, we should have fought an ideological war, which was like to demonstrate the benefits of a liberal in the old sense, in the, of a liberal order, right? Right. You know that should have been a, the 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 fight instead of fighting a cold war, the, they should have been bringing philosophy, evidence, reason, explaining it. Make sure everyone understands the logic of the argument and why it works. If they'd done that, it would be a completely different planet we lived on. So we just need to show an we just need to show an example so that people can go. Well, they sure seem to be having a great time over there and maybe we should be more like them.
1: Right. Well, I think I think that's how we were winning back when you and I were kids, but mm. um at this point we've gotten so far away from a free market system yeah. that it's like how can we possibly espouse those those beliefs as like this is why we're dominant. Like no, now we're dominant because we're an empire, you know. Right. Like that's that's the truth. And if you're if you're trying to say, well, look at all this financial well-being that we have and you don't, mm-hmm. well, they're, they're going to turn around now and say, well, yeah, it's because you bombed and stole my resources. Right, so exactly. It, take, it takes the legs out from under yeah, your argument. Yeah,
0: exactly. You, you, don't have a, you don't have a leg to stand on. Uh, yeah. They the,
1: may not anymore, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah and that in a, in yeah, i know sense. that was dark but it's dark but it's fucking true. true i mean you're just some random person in afghanistan or yemen or something like that and next thing you know a bomb falls in the house next door to you right and you hear screaming in the middle of the night it's messed up people take for granted it doesn't happen just because it doesn't happen to them so we've lost the moral high ground and now we need to build everything up from scratch and it's scary but do you know what if you're having a fulfilling life then the w- the world can't get you down too much you just need to co- focus on you what you're doing with your life like what are you do- if you're doing what you really love and living your passion you must be making a contribution to the well-being of other people just by doing that and then yeah the world might get you down sometimes but you go look i'm doing the best i can i've got clear conscience
1: right well and I respect your answer as to the you know, individualist perspective that we don't need a collectivized response per se, but I, I think it, at some point it is important, if you are a believer like I am, that the Build Back Better, Great Reset folks are serious when they tell us what they intend right. to do, um, that it may require individuals to have a collective response that looks very similar, right. you know? Um, and yeah, I don't know what yeah. that is, and I don't know where... Gul- Gulch is or whatever, but it's, right. I don't think we're going to be able to outrun this. Um, I hope that I'm wrong, and I hope that we can propagandize people through the internet and not have to risk our, our physical bodies to do so, but it seems as if the noose is tightening, and I, I know you just said a bunch of optimistic shit, and now I'm getting really dark, so I apologize, yeah, uh, but this I is how I feel. Like, so. I feel
0: like that sometimes, too. Yeah. But I, I, feel like, I feel like sometimes, but usually it's been when I've been doing things that are ineffective then I start to get really down and I start to get really pessimistic about things. Now it's like, I don't fucking know how this is going to go, but I've done the best I can. Mm-hmm. I couldn't do any better than I've done. That's how so, I feel. you know, the rest is not up to me. It's like, the, you know, the serenity prayer, grant mm. me the serenity to accept the things I can't change, to change the things I can, and the courage to, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Focus on where you, you do have power, and exercise that power. And where you don't just go, well, I guess that's not my job. That's someone else's job.
1: This is why I love podcasting, because you start off with brave heart sex jokes and you end with the serenity prayer. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Annie Sam- Anthony Samaroff, for coming on. I thank appreciate it. Thank you so it. much for having me. It's you great came, to be on your show. You came like 15,000 miles. Thank you, guys.
0: Thanks. I had a great time.
2: I didn't bring the audio check. I'm sorry. Say that I think I'm going to see if Andy Anthony here wants to chat.
0: Yes, I love. He loves my sloppy seconds. Come on up, Anthony Samaroff. <laughs> and thirds, fourths, and fifths. It, I
2: yeah. gotta say, it's an absolute treat to meet Anthony Samaroff in person. I've known him for a few years via podcasting, and if you think he's funny on a podcast, he's just a totally hilarious human being to encounter. I will say that. That is a compliment. <laughs> Thanks. The man's got a, a subtle humor that you don't realize is humor until three hours later when you're laying in bed a little too high at night. You're like, oh, that was a fucking joke. Oh my God. This guy's hilarious. I thought he was an asshole. Uh, I really cool. Some people are pretty slow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I guess I, apparently I was one of them. So, uh, but Anthony, you, uh, I, I want to kind of elaborate on something you talked about before in the podcast with Clint when you said you do or did used to have that idea of more like a lot of things that you see happening like all the negative things with government etc are you know it's a lot of people which i think is mostly true probably not understanding economics properly maybe having just following their incentives but you said the last year and a half is when you kind of i'm not saying you thought differently but it, it made you it, it turned on your conspiracy mind a little bit more
0: what i what i, what I meant maybe i wasn't clear yeah, as th- that's why you're here to clarify what we have what i thought what we have could be predicted mm. by e- economic incentives including stuff like people getting elected into power who know that the minimum wage harms poor people but they don't care they'll say that they don't believe that because it's going to get them elected like you could completely predict that's the kind of thing that would happen because public choice theory does predict that it says well you know um as soon as you go into office well you want to keep your you, you've got you face economics incentives. You want to keep your position. Maybe you want to rise to a higher position, right? I mean, I've got a story of the state where I think, like, when people were impoverished, you couldn't tax someone ten percent of their income because they'd be like, "Well, you're taking food out my baby's mouth." Mm-hmm. So I want Now we're so rich, and comparison you can tax people 40 50 percent because they've still got a nice house they've still got a tv they can still send the kids to school right what are you going to do with all that money well you're going to find a way to buy allies so you colonize the education system you colonize the universities you get people to come up with harebrained theories like social contract um, the this the university professors play the role that priests played under monarchy when they said oh there's a divine right of kings then what Do you, you see like modern day
2: scientists in a similar vein where they're kind of seen as the role of priests it seems like science has, has just fallen right in line with that idea of like the, the professors being well priests and i mean kind
0: of in, in the medical industry this is evident right in the And all the ads on TV in the evening are like big pharma ads. And they're not just doing that to sell drugs. They're doing it to buy favorable coverage. Mm. So they can't expose big pharma on the evening news because that's their source of income. The journals are funded by pharmaceutical uh, ads. So the journals will not print articles that show that drugs have bad side effects and things like that. Sometimes people release a study that says vaccinated populations have more asthma or eczema or or whatever. And then they go and bully the journal until the journal retracts the article. And then if anyone brings up, well, you know, this journal was published, published this paper that said, you know, people who are vaccinated have more incidence of colitis. Oh, that, that, um, that paper was retracted of course it was so but all of this can be i'm i'm not saying that there's no (coughs) evil malicious thought that goes into these things i'm just saying you could completely predict that people with those malicious evil thoughts will be in positions of power when you have states because that's you know, that's what the economics what well, that's what you could basically predict the machine to turn out. Of course they're gonna have people permanently on welfare because those are the people who are gonna vote for them. Of course the more money they have, the more government departments they're gonna create. Because the more people they put in government jobs the more people are going to support the existence of states. That's kind of what I meant when I said most of what we see should be predictable right. by economic incentives. Not that I had a naive view that everyone was just like a bit ignorant or. Yeah, know, I didn't mean to lump you in with their, that. Yeah. That. Or, acting on their, or acting on best intentions. Mm. No, but it's fine because if I didn't articulate that well enough, mm. then it's good that you brought it up because then I can articulate it better which yeah. hopefully I did.
2: Yeah, well, I think that that did make a lot of sense. I, I think like what what struck me is that you said like it, it did start to tickle your conspiracy brain a little right. bit more. Not that that means that they're... I, I think they both can be true at once, Yeah, like, well, you can... now
0: it looks more orchestrated than ever before. Sure, right. So yeah. it's kind of like hard to look at everything. that's Like you said, it's like, oh, gee, that's strange. All <laughs> these things they said they want to happen kind of happened.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's weird. The thing they just wrote a fucking book and, a, and did a podcast about is actually occurring in the exact same way they said. Yeah, maybe that's not an entirely coincidence, right. but there are, you can still follow the actors along the way that are just sort of following their bad incentives mm. from the system either way, no matter what's really driving it, what's at the top, if that's a fair summary of, of your views.
0: Yeah, something... Actually, like that. that was totally I, wrong. I don't know. I don't know what the fuck is going on. If someone wants to tell me, I'd be happy to hear it. What the fuck is going on, Mark? <laughs> Bro, if you're looking to me for these answers, you are in the absolute wrong place in life. That's
2: all I can tell you. Um, No, but I mean, I think one thing that is very clear over these past years is like, it's hard to not have at least an element of a a conspiracy mind at this point. That doesn't mean smoky room, although maybe they're in a smoky room. If I was in a room, there would be smoke in it, most likely. But, to, to, you know, we can't just think that this is all benign, right. is the point. And maybe a lot of it is just bad incentives being followed by bad actors. But there, there is some point of it where, yes, when, it, when, a, when every country in the world reacts in the same way overnight, yeah, there's probably some evidence there's, this, there's some coordination here. It's probably not just
0: 190 goofballs yeah. goofing their way around to these dumbass policies. I mean, what is a conspiracy? It's just people getting together to... This is a conspiracy right here, right now. To people getting together to plan to do something illegal. Of course, conspiracies happen all doing the fucking anything illegal time. Here? It's not, you know... I was
2: just thinking to myself, that wasn't meant to be out loud. Are we doing anything illegal here, guys? No, because we're in Mexico and there is nothing illegal. Move on.
0: No, no. The thing is, all countries are corrupt. But Mexico, it's like equal opportunities corruption. Yes. Everyone, that's a great way to put everyone it. Everyone has access to the corruption. <laughs> In America, only elite people have access to the corruption. Now if you've got a bit of dinero money talks, bullshit walks, you've got access to you've got access to the same amount of corruption as everyone else does. That is the the absolute best way to
2: describe Mexico I've maybe ever heard. Because if you just looked at the laws of Mexico, perhaps, you know, just to compare them to the United States, maybe you would think Mexico is a much less free country. But then you have to realize that the laws are not fucking enforced at all here, hardly. Or they are extremely selectively enforced. Right. And almost, it it is true, like almost, my wife was even telling me, like, practically nobody is in jail here except extremely poor people, because they would rather
0: be in jail, because they get a free place to stay. Most people just buy their way out of jail for very little. So this is the thing. It's better to be able to buy your way out of having to follow a law than to have no way I mean, from a libertarian perspective. So it's like, you're more free because, you know, life's a ripoff, off and then you die. Do you know what I mean? At least you can just pay the fucking ripoff. off Do you know (laughs) what I mean? You're more free in a country where, like... In some countries, in some of the poorest countries in the world, if you want to start a business, it can take anything from six months to thirty-six months to get a license. The cops can come over and hassle you anytime. The government can take the business away from you. Here, it takes There's, some tortillas and a, right. and,
2: a, and a cardboard table.
0: So, so yeah. Business. So, if you live in a country like Colombia, where you can just rent out a space and start pouring drinks and maybe pay off the police a bit, you're freer. Then you are in the United States where that's not legal and you have to go through a whole planning process just to open up a bar. It's like, okay, yeah, you might have to pay some rip-offs. I was once on a a skiing holiday and I spoke to a guy he said he he was from South Italy. But he didn't live there anymore. And he said, you know, if your bike gets stolen in the South of Italy, you'd never go to the cops, right? Mm. You just go to the local mafia guy. Right. The next day, the bike will be leaning against your wall end of story and that just goes to demonstrate that states are just the most successful mafia in a geographic territory nothing more it just so happens to be that in southern Italy the real mafia is the most successful mafia <laughs> not the not the government in North Italy the, the government's the more successful mm. of the two mm.
2: Uh, one thing I want to talk to you about a little bit before we wrap up is kind of that this journey you've been on the last year and a half, like you haven't been back to your homeland in quite some time, is that right?
0: Yeah, about 14 months. And 14 I months. Yeah, I don't see myself going back anytime earlier than March. Did you get out right when, so like right when after COVID started or or what? Yeah, so about October um, of of that year. Just before I went to America, they put on like some curfews for bars and I was like, okay, I was going out anyway. But yeah, they went back into full lockdown and I was just like, look, like, I'm not going to stay at I'm not going back to Scotland to stare at four walls all winter. That <laughs> sucks. So, you know, I started traveling a bit and then I started going to libertarian events. A few people invited me. Once I got invited, I started writing to some events and saying, Hey, would you like to have me? And a lot of people were like, Yeah, that would be great. And the more I did, the more people saw what was doing. So the more I got invited. And I just made friends all over the United States. It's been amazing.
2: And then um, recently you had departed the United States and that's an issue now. Yeah, that's
0: <laughs> an issue because now you can't get if you're a foreign national, you can't get back into the United States unless you're if you unless you've had two shots. Mm-hmm. And you only had the one, so (laughs) for some reason just went halfway. No, but
2: you you are not doing that. So, like, I I know I've seen you talk about a little bit your attempts to, because they do have, like, they say they can have exemptions, but it's been been a problem. Oh, in Scotland,
0: right, okay. They took away the right of doctors to give, give medical exemptions, and then they said, phone this government number, and here, I, I didn't ask her to do this. My mother, like, went on a fucking crusade. She didn't tell me until afterwards. She was like, Oh, I spent 10 hours on the phone yesterday. No one knew what the procedure was to get a medical exemption. Right?
2: And so, that was you attempting to get one so you could re-enter the was, US she without? Was, she was,
0: she was, she was going from phone line to phone line. No one at the government knew what the rules were. There's no process. It doesn't. Ma- at, at the end, we finally found out you had to have had an anaphylactic reaction to a previous vaccination. So you already need to have had an allergic reaction to a vaccine to get a. Which is a weird allergic- admission that vaccines can cause I mean, bad reactions. Right. It's it's, <laughs> it's like it's like that's insane. Once you've already had an allergic reaction to a vaccine, that's too fucking late. So I thought, I naively thought, okay, they're just flexing their muscles. Anyone that goes to their doctor and says, hey, can I have an exemption? The doctor will be like, yeah, you're you're fine. Because they don't think many people will ask. It's not like that. They've made it incredibly difficult. So... The, there's this thing where they just want everyone to be vaccinated. It doesn't matter if you've had it before. It doesn't matter if you turned up to some libertarian festival and famously gave it to everyone else. <laughs> and ha, ha, not only do it doesn't you have uh, uh, antibodies, <laughs> and, but... Give everyone else antibodies out uh, the kindness of your heart. I like right? putting it
2: that way as a gift—a gift of the
0: okay. antibodies. I give you the gift <laughs> of antibodies. <laughs> I bestow upon you. It's a generous man right here. The great folks. gift.
2: He did not keep them to himself. Our mothers passed down from generation to generation. <laughs> I'm not sure what this
0: baby means exactly. sucked from his mother's nipple. Natural <laughs> immunity. <laughs> it's true you know it's basically Highlander it's in the milk (laughs) Highlander is such a fucking overrated movie it's so bad Uh, we should
2: not go down this path the podcast is winding down and this is a three hour
0: conversation Anthony (laughs) so anyway I just want people to know right? Highlander's awesome when we're talking about like I don't like to say anything I can't substantiate okay A lot of the the good evidence that vaccines cause harm is not... This is an old thing. It's very... uh, A lot of it's very cutting edge. There was a study came out in 2017 by Anthony Mawson, and one more recently, 2020, by James Leans-Wheeler and Paul Thomas, or Paul Thompson, I can't remember his name. You can check them out online. You can check out the findings. They basically were able to rank like over 4,000 people in order of how many vaccinations they had. And according to their data sets, the more shots they had, the more like IBS, colitis, mm. asthma, eh, all these fucking chronic diseases that suddenly just appeared in 1989 and hardly anyone ever used to have. But all of a sudden, everyone's got all these digestive issues and things, right? Right. Just since nineteen eighty nine, like red line, they just appeared out of nowhere, right? So I mean, go and check it out. It's not as fucking woo-, woo. Like vaccinations are like a hundred billion dollar a year industry or more. So they don't like. It's not just a case of oh, <laughs> sometimes scientists make mistakes. They will go and bully journals that, that the um print papers that are critical of vaccinations they will bully the journal until they retract the paper they've done it a bunch of times and everyone just thinks you're a crazy conspiracy theory theorist if you mention it
2: it is one of the most taboo subjects even among a lot of libertarian circles yeah. where it's one of those things if you bring up something well i'm not going to get into that whole thing because that we we know that's nonsense
0: yeah. but i i i didn't I made sure I didn't say anything about it until I'd done tons of research because I didn't want to talk about it unless I knew what I was talking about. But it's one of these, like, there's a few subjects like fucking uh, vaccinations, Israel, abortion, immigration, where people just lose their shit and can't have a rational discussion about.
2: Yeah, I specifically Um, didn't bring up Israel because Robbie's here and I just don't want to get into the whole thing. But same reason I barely brought up AIDS. But
0: yeah. As, uh, yeah. So anyway, I, I appreciate getting my spot amongst your all-star cast. Frankly, I just ran out of options. You know, yeah, I, I, know. <laughs> I scra- looked around and said, hmm. "Scraped from the bottom of the bar." How about, of, uh, how about a Scottish accent? Are that you, would, work. that would work. That would work. It's always this. <laughs> a great pleasure. It's always a great pleasure to be on Lines of Liberty. Although I don't think it's fucking fair that our debate with uh richard wolf got under a million views and fucking gene epstein's debate with him got like a million views What's well that's deal? fucking well everyone right. here could help
2: change that because well, you I can still to, find yeah. it on youtube i had i hosted anthony samaroff debating richard wolf i don't know how many views it has it apparently is less than a million so if you want to oh. go double keep hell? refreshing your yeah. phones tonight until we can get it up to there that would get, be get,
0: let's make it to a million guys we can Let's all do them it. Them, we yeah. actually
2: have the power. I don't know if how they if they look at IP addresses no, that's
0: Spike or what, but Cohen he's he's the power. He's got okay. the power.
2: I'm, asking, I'm hosting a debate between Spike and Dave Smith in a couple weeks. Actually, are you? That's yeah. going to be great. No, nobody knows that except everybody here
0: because we have not announced awesome. it. yet. So that be you fun. heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen.
2: Lions Liberty exclusive. Well, Anthony, thank you so much, thank my brother. So Appreciate much. it. Great. I think I'm going to wrap up because we're about you know seven hours behind schedule here in Mexico. <laughs> And from that point on, the day was an absolute whirlwind, a blast of a whirlwind. Uh, I appeared on a couple other podcasts later in the day. I was shortly after this on counterflow with Buck Johnson. So look for that episode. I was on there along with Clint uh, Russell from Liberty Lockdown. We were both discussing our recent departures from California and really had a blast doing that episode with them. So look for that one in a counterflow podcast feed near you. Uh, Also, I did appear and put appear in quotes uh, in my mind here on uh, Robbie, the fires run your mouth podcast. Uh, And that was after I had did done some opening stand up comedy for him. I told you guys. If you want to see Mark Claire stand-up comedy, you have to physically... Come to a live stand-up event. Uh, I may actually post the entire thing uh, for our patrons and our local supporters. Uh, so if you're not on one of those, what the heck are you waiting for? You get tons of bonus uh, audio and video content. You would have already had early access to the uncensored version of this Sayulita show because uh, I must say, I did a, a tiny, tiny, teensy bit of editing. Not too much, but there is an uncensored version for patrons, for our supporters on local. So patreon.com slash lionsofliberty. If you're a Patreon adverse, Lionsofliberty.locals.com to support your favorite show. We also recently did our annual naughty or nice special. That one just aired on Finding Freedom this past week. Had a lot of fun there. Probably going to ruffle a few feathers with that one. Uh, But I also want to mention, at a bonus show for that, I tell the behind the scenes insider story about my state of being during my appearance on Robbie, the fires podcast live from so you can go find that one on the run your mouth feed. You can check that one out, but there is an insider story that only lions patrons get to know. So highly encourage you to check it out for that reason. Highly encourage you to check out all of our shows here on lions of Liberty. We do have some changes coming in the new year. Not quite ready to announce them just yet, but things are going to be changed for the better, we believe. Uh, but until that time or n- even past that time, they'll still be around. Don't worry. I'm not, we're not splitting up the, the band or anything like that, but uh, you can listen to Brian every single Wednesday on Electric Liberty Land and you can hear Odie on Thursdays with Finding Freedom, three shows one price. The price is free. You can't beat that. And if you want to toss us some funds, patreon.com slash lionsofliberty or lionsofliberty.locals.com. We appreciate all the support, all the downloads, all the podcast shares. We are here to roar into this year coming up here. All right. And we're going to do it. And we hope to have you here with us. Until next time, my friends. Live love! and live free.